It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, January 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. Really hoping the Flyers were going to put up a little bit more of a fight against the Bruins. Yeah, this was like a uh, second-round knockout. It kind of was. All right, we're going to talk about that game, and it's Phantoms Tuesday, so we're going to check in with Lehigh Valley all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That is where you can keep up to date with our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. We've got a mailbag coming up on tomorrow's show, so get those questions in. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe and watch us over there as well. Russ, uh, we had a little bit of a different goalie matchup than we talked about. Of course, Carter Hart started the game in net. Uh, Linus Olmark did not. We got Jeremy Swayman, who wound up getting the shutout for the Bruins. So it goes to show you that sometimes that doesn't matter in the end. True. I, I do want to talk about the goaltending because, you know, he did pull Carter Hart in favor of Sam Erson when the game just got away from them in the second period. And, you know, I think that it was the right thing to do, but also I I just wonder what kind of, you know, circumstances they're throwing Urson into relative to this looming question about Felix Sandstrom. Yeah. I don't have an answer to the Felix Sandstrom one. And the fact that, you know, Torts is having Urson back up, Heart on a you know day where there was nothing he could do. Uh, there's been a lot of other days like this that Hart has bailed out the team, but you know he wasn't going to do it on this day. I don't know what to think of it. I, if you ask me, what uh, you know, he's the number two this year. That's it. Sam Urson's the number two, and I don't know what they're going to do with Felix Sandstrom. That's my feeling. That's my gut feeling. Yeah, well, like I said on yesterday's show, we're going to find that out on Thursday. That is the 14-day mark, and it is Phantom Tuesday, so we're going to have a lot to talk about with Felix Sandstrom uh, a little bit later in the show. But I think that, you know, the big picture thing about this loss, it was a brutal loss. It was very difficult to watch the game, especially those two goals in the second period, you know, 45 seconds apart or so. And it was demoralizing. Like, there's no way around it. It, it was very difficult to to see, like, how the Flyers could potentially get themselves out of it. And, and it just goes to show you, like, what really the difference is in this league. You look at the Boston Bruins are the top team in the league and it shows. And so when you play a team like that, you know, we saw it against Toronto to some degree. It it just illustrates really 
the difference between these top teams and a team like the Flyers, who can steal wins every now and again against good teams, but not the great teams. Right. So, you know, a couple of things. One of the things in our pre-show notes I didn't even get to talk about was Pasternak would score. That's a check. You know, you could back that up because it says it in there. Yeah. Uh, I talked about Zaka. The Flyers always have trouble with Zaka. They still have trouble with Zaka. He killed them. Check on that. Did the Flyers match the Bruins intensity? No. Check on that. Now, the thing about all that is you're right. They're just on a different level. What worries me is, and this is just how my brain works. This is how it works for any team that I analyze or cover. So just understand that. My brain works at, I saw today that Elliot Friedman said the cap goes up to 83 and a half. Well, if it goes up to 83 and a half, maybe you get Sean Couturier back. Maybe you get Atkinson back. We don't know what kind of players they're going to be. We're looking at this. We look at the Flyers. The best, we saw the best that they were going to be this year before this game. And now I'm like, this could be another tough year next year because I don't know if they can improve that much just because they don't have that much money. The only way they could really improve is from within. And maybe these guys all take little steps and everything else. But the problem with the NHL is, and this is the bigger problem that John Tortorella has, the gap between the great teams, the good teams, and the competitive teams that just can't get through it. And they're going to be one of those competitive teams for a while that are going to have these kinds of games. And especially when it gets to the point of later in the season, when they're going to have to, the Flyers are going to have to keep up this frenetic pace that John Tortorella set up for them. It's not going to be the easiest thing to do based on their personnel. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. And you're right. You know, in terms of the Flyers, they are a competitive team where they're going to work hard every game and they're going to win some, they're going to lose some, and they're going to beat the teams that they should beat for the most part, right? Everybody has their bad day. But I think that you saw even in this game, the effort there in the third period, like they did not quit. They absolutely did not quit. There were some moments in the late second period and early third period where you could tell they were just a little bit out of it, but ultimately they got back to it. They were forechecking. They were, you know, trying to be physical. They were protecting the goalie. You know, they were doing everything that Torts asked them to do and they just couldn't find success because the Bruins are that good to, to a large degree. But also, you know, I, I think that, you know, you get a couple more pucks that are on net. Um, you have a guy like Owen Tippett, who had six shots on goal, really wish he could have gotten one of them yeah. because he also, you know, a bunch of them were high danger chances too. They weren't nothing shots. Mm-hmm. And you even look at the underlying numbers for the third period, the Flyers actually come out on top, you know, in terms of expected goals and, in terms of high danger chances, they really did have opportunities in the third and just couldn't pot one partially because of, you know, the Bruins defense and partially because Jeremy Swayman doesn't give up rebounds. Like they, the Flyers only got like four rebounds the whole game. And that's a huge part of it. And when you're a good team, like the Bruins, like that's what you do to win games. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and you could see the difference, like when, they're down low and they've got a couple guys down low and one of them's Pasternak and, you know, it's, it's just a different, Mm -hmm. it's a different world. It's a different world of skill, but 
I hope Travis Konechny shook hands with Nick Foligno after the game because Nick Foligno saved his life. He did. Because Travis Konechny, you know, was, you know, he he's the one who's sort of the aggressor with Foligno. Foligno got mad, you know, and he pushed back. But he, even though the gloves were dropped, he did not want to fight Konechny. And that was that was actually yeah. a nice thing that Nick Foligno did, or he would have cleaned Konechny's clock. And that is something where this is where the influence of John Tortorella could be needs to get toned down in someone like Konechny. It's helping his overall game, his offensive game, but he can't get like that in a lot of games because he's going to come up against guys that aren't going to care and they're just going to knock the tar out of them. Well, I think that's where Nick Delorier was trying to do that job for the team and he got denied once and then did get into it later in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think because it wasn't really working per se, other guys like Konechny were trying to stir things up in, in a way, uh, maybe like trying different people than Delorier yeah. you know, was trying, but he tried the wrong uh, yeah, person. I, I, yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is absolutely true. I, I will say, you know, the big issue, I think just from a functional hockey perspective in this game was obviously the power play. 0 for 6, um, didn't even get one on the 5 on 3. You know, it looked a little better, but it was, I think, again, you know, if they're going to be in games like this one and give themselves a chance or give like a Carter Hart the chance to to steal one, they have to be better on the power play. And It really is, is unacceptable. Problem. It's unacceptable. Yeah, this is this is the persistent problem that isn't getting solved. Right. And so that's where my problem is. I think everything else with this game, you can just kind of put it aside and yeah. say, yeah, the Bruins are great. Yeah. What you you can burn do? the tape, but, but you can't burn the tape on that. I'm with you. Yep. Yep. I think that is the big issue for me, but you know, the flyers are going to try and, you know, get back up on their feet tonight against the Anaheim Ducks and try to do kind of what they did against the Buffalo Sabres after that loss to Toronto. And we will talk about that and get into our Phantoms Tuesday coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. You got football deep in the playoffs, basketball, soccer, esports, and of course the NHL. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts like ours, you can find those at betonline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Russ, I, I mentioned that, you know, I'm looking to see them to bounce back against the Ducks tonight uh, in a similar way, like when they played Buffalo uh, following that pretty bad loss to Toronto. And the difference here is that the Ducks are not a good team, whereas Buffalo was scoring a lot of goals. And so I worry to some degree that the Flyers are going to be tired and then play to the level of the competition a little bit. And the Ducks have talent. It's not like they're devoid yeah. of talent, you know? So, again, you want to really annoy the Flyers. Will Trevor Zegers try, you know, the Michigan? If he does, is Tortorella going to jump up and down on the bench? Like, I'll watch just for that. Yeah, I, I do think, 
though, with this team and what they've been able to do. And, you know, you listen to Scott Lawton after the game uh, and, and a couple of the other guys are like, yeah, we're just going to turn the page and, you know, play a new game. And I, I think that I believe them in a way. No, I, that I, I believe them. Not... Yeah. It's not like yeah, last like year compared to last year. Yeah. I think yeah. that uh, if you if they said something like this last year, you would not have believed them for no. a second. But I, it's really genuine this time. It is. They've been able to back that up a lot. So I do think this is a winnable game, but you're right. Um, we have to see what this took out of them mentally. We have to see what the travel does to them. We also have to see, I don't know, was Anaheim already in Philly? Are they, have, they, have they been hanging out in Philly for you know this day, the day before? If they have, that's an advantage for them. Yeah, the the only good part is that it was an afternoon game yes. yesterday, so they had a little bit of extra time to get back, and it wasn't, you know, an immediate turnover with a late night travel. True. So, um, hopefully, that will help them a lot, and they can get settled at home, and then, uh, you know, go to the rink again tonight. But yeah, it, it should be, I think. Uh, almost an even bigger test this game than the one against the Bruins, just because you, you want to see them win this game. This is a game they should win, right. you know, rest aside. This is a winnable game for them. And you want to see them at, at the very least get on the board and put the shutout part of it behind them too. Yeah. And Deloria goes up against his old team. So he'd probably fight whoever he didn't like when he was on the team. That's what usually sure. happens. That's what usually happens. Uh, we don't know who will be in net. Uh, if it's Gibson, even though Gibson numbers wise doesn't look good, he's still a really good goalie. It's just, you know, yeah. Anaheim's a bad team, but he, you know, he's capable of a good game anytime. Yeah. And we should see Erson in net for the Flyers. Right. So that'll be fun as well, even though he did get a little bit of ice time last night. He did. Um, just to, I think I, I like to see him fresh uh, starting the game. So hopefully uh, that will turn out to be a good one. I, I want to turn toward Lehigh Valley here because uh, I think that while the standings are okay it's a little deceptive and i'm still nervous about this team because oh, yeah. we talked last week about this past weekend being a really prime opportunity to collect some points they were playing bridgeport twice who have been in a free fall syracuse uh, i think is good mm -hmm. but they're not as good as they have been in previous years i think that it, it's a winnable game whereas in the past i would have said oh syracuse they're gonna lose no matter what but uh, they wound up losing to Syracuse five to two, and then they split with Bridgeport, although they did get a point in the second game against Bridgeport. It was an overtime loss. So they split the points for the weekend, but they really should have gotten one or two more points. Uh, overall, they're still in fifth place uh, as of recording. Uh, just because the teams below them lost other games <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, the teams below them but, are really not good. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's really the thing. They could end up staying in fifth and still having troubles. Like, that wouldn't shock me at all. So, you know, if they don't drop to seventh, that's fine. But you're right. We haven't even seen a sweep of a of a weekend yet, have we? Like, a Wednesday, where they went all three. No. Three. 
Yeah, we've seen them uh, be successful with a two game weekend, but with three, no. And, you know, the gap between them and the fourth place team in Charlotte is widening a little bit. So I think that's where you're seeing that, you know, line in the sand in this division and what is a a good team that's going to have success in the playoffs versus a borderline team. And uh, I think that it's been interesting also because it's uh, a little bit of a, I I think, a split in, in terms of individual player development and the overall success of the team. And we've had a few guys, I think, make some significant progress and look really good. And the development has been good there. But in the context of the team, it's not really working overall. And some guys are also suffering as a result of that. Yeah. I mean, it's really a mixed bag. Like, again, I'll beat it into the ground, but Ali Lixell is the best player. Like, he he is. And... We're going to just talk about it all year and we'll forget about it because he's not going to get treated like that from the Flyers. I think that's obvious. So moving aside, Forster's doing fine. I still expect more from him. I still expect him to be, you know, right now he's got 11 11 goals, 12 assists. You know, I need to see him in that 30-point range now instead of 23. So he's not far off, but he's a little off. So that's something because going into this, you know, past off uh, past training camp, some people thought maybe he would have a shot at making the team. And clearly he should not have made the team. They made the right decision. So there's that. They know, yeah, you can't do anything about it. Doesn't matter how many points he has. Doesn't matter how many goals he has. He needs to round out his game and he might need to stay there next year too, to do it. So I'm, I'm fine with him. I think actually think, uh, it's probably not even his fault that he doesn't have more assists because I think if he had um, some better line mates, I think he would get them. He's pretty talented. So, so that's fine. Um, Anisimov is doing great. I mean, you know, again, he's second on the team in goals for as long as they have him. So that's fine. But then, you know, that's then all of a sudden, you know, there's quite a drop off and, you know, Ronnie Adder, I said he needed this whole season. He definitely does. Doesn't matter how big he is. Doesn't matter the pace of the game in his own end. These are the things I feel like and still feel like he needs to clean up. And Cam York's doing, you know, fine. You know, he was doing fine. He's up with Flyers now. But so those numbers are are static. Then after that, there's not a lot else. So I want to talk about Tyson Forster a little bit because I think that while uh, I I agree, like, and I don't think he should be coming up like we've been talking about. I think, you know, maybe he gets some lame duck goals at the end of the, or games with the Flyers at the end of the season. If the Flyers sell at trade deadline, um, I think that would be good for him. But other than that, he's sticking with the Phantoms. I think he's building towards something here i think it's slow and i think that's okay i just want to recognize that he has made some progress since the beginning of the season um he had two goals on friday and uh, he's now second on the team in scoring and it's crazy to me ollie lixell is still the team leader in points Mm -hmm. 
and uh, in doing that in only 24 games, whereas mm-hmm. like the other guys have like 33, 34, 35 games. Like, and, I feel like if we were in a normal universe and not a metaverse that people would talk about that a little, but they don't. Yeah. So we're not going to. even. No. Well, but we do. <laughs> and that's the point. Russ, I know. Is that Ali Luxell is in this no man's land where he doesn't get the right kind of minutes when he's up with the Flyers. And for some reason, Tortorella just isn't giving him a real shot he comes down to the phantoms he plays really well he stands out um he gets really key assists he's you know playmaking uh really well and so uh, you know i think that maybe he just has to take over a little bit more uh in terms of not just being a key contributor he has to dominate in a way that i don't know that he can in the ahl but i also think that his game is really suited for the NHL. He is in this weird no man's land and I don't know what we're going to do about it, but I'm going to keep talking about it because I, I, I feel things about Molly Lixon. We'll keep screaming into the void. Um, and Adam Yen yeah. doing fine. But I do, I, I didn't yeah, I do want to go back to, to Tyson Forster though, yeah, that's fine. where the conversation started. Yes. And that I do think, like I said, I think that he is getting better and better. Um, his game is getting more confident. He's finding open ice, uh, I think, a lot better. And so I want to see his full season trajectory because I think we'll be really pleased by the time. we. Get I don't know. I was looking season. for 50 points out of him this year, and that doesn't seem possible. I don't know if that's possible or not, but I do think if we, if we think about what his game was like at the beginning of the season and hopefully it keeps going the way I think it will, that we will be pleased, even if he doesn't get 50 points. Okay. I mean, that is possible. I mean, again, the one thing that is really evident here, it's evident in Lehigh and it's evident up with the big club. This organization needs more playmakers. They don't have enough playmakers. Well, uh, I think that that is a very good point. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of the other guys and uh, get to the goaltending conversation with Felix Sandstrom coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With a delicious, one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. Less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Russ, uh, one name we haven't mentioned thus far about Lehigh is Bobby Brink. And this was his first full weekend Mm -hmm. of action. Um, Last week, he played in one out of the two games. And so we kind of got a more of a realistic look at what Bobby Brink's game is going to be until he can kind of get back up to speed. And, you know, he did score uh, again, which was good to see. Um, But I think really Friday and Saturday, you saw like flashes of really good things. And then you just saw him, I think, get gassed a little bit. It's very clear, you know, what we've been talking about. You got to keep your expectations pretty low to start off with. And and that he'll he'll get there. It's just going to take a little bit of time because you can see what he's capable of. Um, He threw a pretty big hit in one of the games. And I was like, all right, Bobby. Yeah. Love to see that. In his own zone, he's got work to do too. He had work to do yeah. even if he was healthy. So now I'm I'll lay off him on that until I feel like he's up to speed, but it could still be weeks. Yeah, I think so too. So just want to like make sure all of our expectations are are where they should be yeah. with him, at least for the next couple of weeks, I would say, you know, before we start to really demand more of him. Uh the goaltending situation. So <laughs> Felix Sandstrom uh, played all three games. And I think for a guy that is really an NHL backup or a B goalie, Mm -hmm. if you want to do like 1A, 1B kind of scenario, you know, at best in terms of number of games played, I think that playing three games in an AHL weekend is not the right choice to make for him. I know he's there on a conditioning assignment to kind of get back up to snuff. But at the same time, like putting Felix Antrim in back-to-back games like Friday and Saturday was not a good idea. And you could really see like late in the game on Friday and, and Saturday where, you know, they, they lost the game Um, and one was an empty netter goal. So four to two uh, on his part. Um, I don't know that that was the right approach. Yeah, I mean, one of three things will happen. They'll lose him. Urson will go down. He'll stay up. Or they'll keep all three up and paper transaction the goalie that's not playing. You know, well, they can't. They can only paper transaction Urson. Actually, they can't do it for Sandstrom. Mm-hmm. Occasionally to save against the cap and whatever. I mean, those are their options. Like I don't see any other option unless. You know, some team wants him, and you're going to trade him for a draft pick, which I don't think they should do yet. I'm not behind that. Right, but would you have like played Pat Nagel or something? One of those. Yeah, games definitely. I definitely would have played him for one. I would have split it, even if I would have mm-hmm. split the game. Like and said, hey, you know, you're going to get in this first game and a couple of periods, and Pat's going to go in and he's going to finish up the one game and play the next one. Like, I think that would have been fair in the sense that I know it's not great from a tactical standpoint, but you're right. Just to say he's playing every game was too much. Yeah, it was definitely too much for him. And, you know, because that game on Saturday against Syracuse, 20 saves on 24 shots. So it wasn't even like he was getting, you know, pelted the whole game. It was was not a, a huge workload in that game. And, um, you know, being outplayed or not in front of him, I think that there's at least one goal, if not two, that he would have liked back on Saturday. And to me, you either 
you put Pat Nagel in on Friday or Saturday in this scenario. But I'm with you. again, we're going to we're going to find out on Thursday what is happening with him and Sam Erson. And uh, what I feel like you're giving me do. an ultimatum like my parents would, you know, wait until Thursday. <laughs> All right. I'm going to wait, Rachel. Well, that's what the NHL rules tell us we must do. So I am obliging. <laughs> but uh, the Phantoms have another three game week. In fact, they have a rare Tuesday game tonight at Cleveland. They're doing a back to back there. So we'll see the Phantoms in action tonight and tomorrow uh, facing the Cleveland Monsters. And then Friday, they will be at Wilkes-Barre Scranton. Always a good time. A game. That's <laughs> always fans, a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Always a tough one. They're going to have to uh, win in Cleveland because it's going to be hard to win in Wilkes Bar. It really is. Our fun thing is Tyson Forster's second goal on Friday. Uh, it was a hell of a goal and really deked the goalie. So uh, that is an enjoyable one to watch. That will do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow. We're going to recap the Ducks game and we'll have our mailbag. So get those questions in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y. Have a great day, everyone.